Hey guys, welcome to episode 209 of SwiftCast. This is Adam. Steph. And Nate. And we have a fun episode upcoming for you guys. If you listened to last week's episode, we began the episode by talking about the crazy story that was out there a week or so ago that Taylor was inside the giant suitcase that some of her bodyguards were bringing out of her home in New York. So for this week's episode, we thought it would be fun to look back at all of the different crazy media stories that they have made up about Taylor over the years. I still can't get over that suitcase. I Every time I see that, I just start cracking up. <laughs> well, it's been all over the news all week. And there have been some other really crazy, outrageous stories over the years. Oh my gosh. Yeah, when we were researching for this episode, holy cow, I was reading some of these. I could not believe some of the rumors out there about Taylor. Yeah, sometimes you forget about them. Anyway, I'm really excited, though. I don't know about you guys. I think it's going to be really fun. Absolutely. So stay tuned for our main discussion. But to kick off this week's episode, we've done this a little bit in the past. I hear that Nate has some trivia for Steph and I. Oh, yes, I do. My favorite thing, the trivia segment. Well, I'm sorry, second to fashion, of course. (laughs) Of course. So my trivia question for you guys this week uh, is... I don't know, kind of, I, you, you honestly might know this one. I'm not sure, but I'm just going to kind of throw it out there for you guys. What is Taylor's favorite candle scent? Everyone knows that Taylor likes candles, especially a lot of candles. Do you guys know which is her favorite? I don't think I do. Um, I'm not sure that I do, but I'm going to go with vanilla. Okay, that's one for vanilla. Adam, you got to throw something out there. I know very little about candles, so I don't even know if I have an <laughs> don't answer. Don't worry. Neither do I. <laughs> How about lavender? Is that a scent? Okay, I think so. I don't know. Is that a scent stuff? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think so. Okay. Well, unfortunately, you know, uh, neither of those were the correct answer. I, I think if you guys didn't know this answer specifically, you never would have guessed. But Taylor actually said what her favorite candle scent was in the 73 questions for Vogue video. Um, And if you guys maybe remember, uh, her favorite scent is Treehouse by Byredo. Hmm. Okay, I never would have gotten that. (laughs) Treehouse? I watched the Vogue interview, but I just wouldn't have remembered that. And that video, the questions come so rapidly that I'm sure there are plenty that I've forgotten, too. Oh, absolutely. And I'm pretty sure it was, like, right at the end there. Uh, So, like, right when the guy was leaving. I I mean, I could be wrong, but since it's been a while since I've actually watched the video myself. But, oh, yeah, right at the end there after hitting, getting hit with 72 other questions. Yeah, a little insane. But apparently the candle uh, smells of leather and cedarwood with notes of bamboo, pimento, and hay. Hmm. Whatever all of that means, I'm not sure. (laughs) Interesting. But it's her favorite, so hey. So now we should go order that so we can have Taylor's favorite candle burning in our own houses. I'm game. I don't care how much it costs. (laughs) Well, that was a good trivia question, Nate. Well, thank you. Thank you. I do quite enjoy stumping all of you guys. You do well. Well, now let's move into our segment looking back at Taylor's older tweets and Tumblr posts. 
Our first one is great because we might revisit it during our main discussion in a little bit. But on July 19th of 2009, Taylor tweeted, Emptying out my purse on the floor. Sorting. Coming to the conclusion that carrying this much stuff around is unacceptable. And it is true. Sometimes when you have a purse, you just get so much stuff in there. Which sometimes can come in handy, but other times you wonder why you're carrying all of this stuff around. I know what you mean. I feel like my purse is just like a bottomless pit. Just a bunch of change <laughs> at the bottom and, you know. <laughs> anyway, our next tweet comes from July 20th of 2010. And Taylor tweeted, Antique shopping before the web chat today. And this is, of course, referencing the Speak Now webcast. Hmm. That was great. We actually just talked about that last week when we were talking about fashion with the headband she wore during the web chat. You know, I never realized that the Speak Now web chat was this early. I mean, her other ones have always been in August. I forgot that this one was basically mid-July. Right. And mine came out as a single a few weeks later, earlier than she wanted to because it leaked. She was on a flight when it leaked so oh, yeah. the whole song was just released wasn't it that by the time she landed uh it had already sold i don't know how many on on itunes i think it was number one by the time she landed number one craziness yeah i think she landed realized this song that wasn't even supposed to be released was released and it was number one that's funny <laughs> but with other albums for red and 1989 she gave us the single when she announced the album. So Speak Now was the last time she ever did album announcement with a single later. I think just in today's age, you really can't wait or it does leak like minded. Our next tweet is a great one. It's from July 16th, 2014. And there was no words attached to this tweet. It was just a picture. And it was a picture of Olivia in the foreground and in the background is Meredith. And there's some text on the picture that says, it's right behind me, isn't it? <laughs> so it's like Olivia saying, Meredith is right behind me, isn't she? Yeah, Meredith looks a little threatening in this photo. I don't think I've seen a photo of Meredith where she doesn't look threatening, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I guess at that point, Taylor had Olivia for about a month so they were probably still getting used to each other we know since then that they have fallen asleep together they do seem to get along at least sometimes well our next one is a funny tumblr post from July 18th of 2015 and on tumblr someone posted why do all moms type like this and it showed a photo just a stock image of somebody typing on a cell phone and then it showed taylor she's in a car typing on her cell phone and taylor responded isn't that just the normal way to hold cellular phones i'm very confused now i'm going to work on my cross stitch for a while to get my mind off of it by the way young lady shouldn't you be asleep at this hour okay so maybe i see your point but only when i have my reading glasses on <laughs> That is my favorite, the very last line. But only when I have my reading glasses on. <laughs> that is funny, and it definitely is an unusual way 
if you haven't seen the photo, it's like using your pointer finger to type, whereas I feel like most people would use both of their thumbs to type. At least that's how I do it. You know, I think I use my pointer finger. Do you really? Hmm. I'm a thumb guy all the way. Mm -hmm. But if your thumb's too big, then sometimes you hit the wrong letters or you hit two letters at the same time, right? Sometimes, but that's what autocorrect is for. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess. Well, hey, you know, scrabble boards, quilts, you know, pointer typing. These all seem like very normal things for Taylor. It does, yeah. Definitely. So our next one comes from July 19th, 2015. And Taylor tweeted, Absolutely amazing crowd tonight. Thank you, Andy Grammer and Soraya, for performing with me. And she hashtagged it, 1989 Tour Chicago. And Nate, you and me were there. That's right. Yes. Oh, it was awesome. Definitely one of the best nights of the tour, hands down. That song that they did, Honey, I'm Good, was such a popular song that summer. And that whole place was just bouncing. It was a great performance. Yeah, I definitely don't think I'm ever going to forget that show. All the golden wristbands and just every, I mean, how many was it? 60,000 people in that stadium? Crazy. Yeah, it was cool that she had all of her guests choose the color for the wristbands. And I like that he chose something different with gold. I didn't even know that they could turn that color until he did that. I didn't either. And the next tweet is from the second night of the 1989 tour in Chicago. Taylor wrote a huge thank you to Sam Hunt for surprising the crowd with Take Your Time, Such a Star. And he's been just blowing up too. I hear his song on pop radio now. Yeah, I think he's doing very well. Is it this song specifically, Take Your Time? No, it's called Back Road. Oh, okay. And it's on pop radio all the time. So few artists from country are able to do that. Well, hey, I'll give the guy mad props. I don't think I've heard the song. I might have, but just hearing him live in Chicago, I mean, definitely, he was an awesome performer. Well, some of Taylor's friends have some cool things coming up. So let's hear about those in our segment called Squad Tweets. Our first one is from Ed Sheeran, and he wrote on Instagram, This year continues to be equally surreal and amazing. Watch out for this one. Me and Lisa have a whole thing going on. And he's referring to the fact that he will be on an episode of The Simpsons. He was just recently on an episode of The Game of Thrones, and now he's going to be on The Simpsons. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Longest running uh, TV show, right? I th yeah, I think so. Or at least animated TV show, I'm not sure. Either way, is he going to be doing his own voiceover and things? I think so. I would imagine so, yeah. I wonder if the character will resemble him on the show. I would imagine so. They should, yeah. Well, hey, rock on, Ed. I'm looking forward to it. Well, our next one comes from Selena Gomez. Uh, she tweeted on July 21st, the fetish video directed by Petra Collins and featuring Gucci Mane drops next week. Peach emoji. Well, I have to wonder if this music video will have any subtle shout outs to Taylor like Bad Liar did. I was going to say that. Oh, totally. Yeah, she had the posters in Bad Liar. It'd be cool to see more. I don't know, we're going to have to watch the video just for that alone. Also, since Taylor posted on Instagram about the single being released, I wonder if there's a chance that she'll 
tweet or Instagram about the video. Maybe. She does only seem to become active on social media to promote her friends. Lately, yep. We haven't heard from Cara Delevingne in a while, but she tweeted this week, I cannot believe it's finally out. Everyone go take a listen and let me know what you think. And she said, at Valerian movie. And then she thanked a couple people, including Pharrell, for believing in me. And she wrote, hashtag, I feel everything. So this is referring to the new movie called Valerian that she is in. And I haven't heard it yet, but I guess that I Feel Everything is a single that she recorded for the movie. So that's pretty cool. Well, I've definitely been seeing that movie trailer everywhere. And I've got to say, the special effects for that movie alone, uh, you know, story aside and everything, it looks like surreal. It just looks amazing. Uh, Extremely high def, extremely well done. It kind of reminds me of when Avatar came out and that was uh, the biggest thing you know, HD graphics-wise, the first 3D movie that came out. When I see this, I immediately was reminded of it. It just was, I don't know, I'd never seen any effects so well done before like that. And that's just the trailer alone. Right, and actually what it made me kind of think of, in a somewhat related way, but related to Taylor, was the Bad Blood music video. Kind of like a futuristic, like think about the part where um, her and Kendrick are in the the futuristic looking car, something like that. Oh yeah, that's true. Well, hey, maybe that's why they picked her for that role. Could be. You never know. Well, our last one is from Jack Antonoff, and he tweeted, "Finalizing new tour dates in America for the rest of 2017. Where do you want us?" So that's exciting because the Bleachers announced tour dates in America, and there weren't really that many. So it looks like they're going to be adding some more. Yeah, I hope so. I would definitely like to see them. I remember Ashley told us a couple months ago about seeing them, and she raved about it. So I definitely need to go see them. Oh, totally. Me too. I really hope that they're coming close by. One of my favorite songs lately has been Don't Take the Money. I hear it all the time on the radio, and it's just it's one of my favorite songs now. Yes, I agree. That is a good one. Well, there are a couple of things in the news this week. Not too much, but Nate has a pretty cool one for the first one. Yeah, totally. The first bit of news that we have for you guys this week. Taylor's 1.287 million first week album sales and her open letter to Apple are two of the 75 biggest music moments that define the decade. So she's not only in there once, but twice. That is really high praise, and that's from Billboard, you know, one of the biggest publications out there. Yeah, to have two moments out of 75 is pretty remarkable. What strikes me as really interesting about this, first of all, you kind of expected the 1.287 million, uh, especially, you know, with declining album sales, because, wow, that was so monumental for her to sell that many. Uh but the fact that they included the Apple Music letter, I think, is is just a really interesting progressive step uh, that the music industry is taking. Uh, and I, I think it's really cool that they're recognizing that. Yeah, she really broke so much ground for artists who might be unknown or who just don't have as much traction as artists like Taylor do. And she really opened up so many doors for not just the artists, but the songwriters, the producers, 
So I think it's very deserving to be on the list. But like Nate said, it's nice to see that a publication like Billboard is recognizing that. Well, our next one is just awesome. 1989 has officially sold 10 million copies worldwide. And that is just fabulous. That's a little bit insane. (laughs) That's pretty crazy. 10 million. Now, of course, this is also counting digital album sales, correct? I believe so, yes. Okay, that's what I thought. To sell 10 million physical copies is a little bit insane. (laughs) And looking back at some of her older albums, this one is by far the most successful in terms of sales. It looks like Red Worldwide has 6 million, Speak Now has 5 million, Fearless has 7 million, and the debut album has 5.5 million. Hmm, Interesting. Yeah, those are interesting numbers. They should be higher, I feel like, but I know I'm biased. I'm right there with you. I feel like they should all be at least, you know, 100 billion. (laughs) I'm just saying. Yeah, Nate, I feel like it could be higher too, but if you think about this day and age and how album sales are declining, I'm sure if we looked at the numbers from some other top artists that Taylor's numbers are way, way up there. That's a good point. You do have to consider the way the consumption of music has changed so drastically in recent years. Oh, absolutely. And to top that off, I mean, three years ago, uh, 1989 was like the biggest thing. I mean, it was it was humongous. So especially with the declining sales, I mean, it did very, very well for its time. So whatever album six ends up bringing, I'm sure is going to shatter all of these records. Do you think so, though? I feel like I need to be a little bit more realistic. I think so. I think there's a lot of hype. I think there's definitely a lot of interest out there. I mean, Taylor's numbers, they just keep growing. And taking an absence, I mean, I think it's smart. I think she's going to end up exceeding uh, everyone's expectations with this album. But don't you think it will need to include streaming? If we're just talking first week sales. I do agree. I think it does need tweaking, especially since the overall platform has just been evolving. So I don't know. I think I think it's definitely very fair to count digital streams, digital downloads. I mean, just everything with it. Yeah, I think if she does have streaming in the first week and you include iTunes downloads, streaming, physical copies, I could definitely see her exceeding 1989. I'm just not sure what she'll do. She's been so adamant in the past about not having streaming immediately. I do think Given her recent additions on Spotify, she'll probably change and will have the album available to stream the first week. So that number that Nate read earlier, 1.287 million copies in the first week for 1989, that was pure album sales? No, I think that included digital downloads too. Oh, okay. If you remember, she didn't have 1989 available to stream anywhere the first week so it's not streaming numbers but it's physical copies of the cd plus people who went on itunes and bought the album right right okay so yeah i mean i to go back to your question i think that for the next album i agree with nate that with the the long break and all the hype that i hope she can top that and get 1.3 or 1.4 or 1.5 million i sure hope so i'm of the opinion that taylor is bigger than adele so if adele can do it taylor can do it Yeah, I agree with that. 
And if you're comparing those two, Adele also had an absence. She did, before right. Before she came back. I'm just thinking of, in terms of the way people buy and listen to music has changed so much. I think she probably does need to have streaming for that first week. Unlike what she did with 1989. I think so too. I think it'll be really interesting. And I think that a lot of people miss Taylor right now. They just want new music. So right. it's kind of like, hey. Oh, yeah. Well, and given that she's, as we said, worked with Apple after she wrote her Apple letter, she now has her music available on Spotify. I could see her having the new album on both. And when you add those in with physical copies plus iTunes downloads, yeah, I guess I can see your point. It probably can easily exceed 1989. I'm just excited to find out. Oh, totally. Me too. And hopefully sooner rather than later. I think everybody's getting a little antsy. I think we were antsy at this time last year. (laughs) I think we were. (laughs) Do you remember last year at this time? I'm sure if you listeners have been with us for a while, in July of last year, I'm sure we were like, do you think an album's coming out next month? Or an announcement's coming out next month? And we were so wrong. That's true. We had no idea. I definitely thought there was because of her performing at Formula One. I thought, oh, well, if she's performing in the fall, that means she'll definitely have an album. Well, sure, yeah. We had known about that for months. Actually, I think we were predicting, because she's under contract with Big Machine, that she would release a Greatest Hits album. We did predict that, too. Yeah, that was discussed. And that still hasn't happened. So that is at least two albums of Taylor's that are still coming out. Just saying. Yes, and like we said last week, Scott Bruschetta did say there will be new Taylor music, but she will be the broadcaster of when it's actually being released. So we have to just keep waiting. But Taylor was actually spotted out and about in New York for... The first time in a long time, we have seen her so rarely in public this year. And it was clear she didn't want to be seen. She was wearing a hoodie and she had her hoodie up over her head. You couldn't see what her hair looked like or how long her hair was. But she was spotted in New York. So I think that's kind of funny. I think that Taylor is intentionally teasing us with her hair. She has to know that everybody wants to know. Oh, I think she very much knows. (laughs) So maybe that means it is different from the video we saw her in congratulating Russell Westbrook. Mm. Because we have no idea when she filmed that. We just know we saw it for the first time a few weeks ago. Well, that's all we have for the news. And we wanted to throw in one new little mini segment here. You guys have been so active on our Twitter lately and it's been awesome. So we wanted to read a couple responses to a question that we recently asked. We asked if you've been lucky enough to see Taylor live, what has been your best concert memory? And we got a ton of responses. So maybe you'll hear yourself uh, in this segment and be sure to check out our Twitter for questions in the future. And maybe you'll get to hear your name and your answer on our episode. And our Twitter, if you didn't know, is SwiftCast13. So our first one comes from Tori Swift13. Tori has always been very active with us. Shout out to Tori. 
and Tori's best concert memory was being in the crowd while Taylor was on the B stage during the Red Tour. It was amazing being so close to her. That's so true. It sounds like her seats were towards the back, and of course, as we know, Taylor likes to make sure that everyone in the place has a great seat, so that's why she does the B stage. Our next one comes from Rochelle, and she said her favorite memory was when she waved and smiled at me during the Red Tour. Also, when she smiled for the first time playing all too well. It makes me so happy. That definitely would be unforgettable. That all too well performance, I mean, I gotta say, definitely one of my all-time favorite performances. I mean, how could it not be, right? It's definitely one of the best. Our next one is from Sharon Silva, 564. And she said, the 1989 World Tour, when she surprised the crowd by bringing out Walk the Moon, which I remember being really jealous when that happened. That was a great one. Yeah, that was a great one. That was in Foxborough, right? At Gillette? Great, at Gillette. I'm pretty jealous, too, because that was when their song was humongous. It was everywhere on every single radio station. It was, yeah. (laughs) It's just a fun song. Well, our next one comes from LBanter1 on Twitter. And their favorite concert memory simply was when Taylor dressed up like Olaf. And of course, this was at the Tampa show when Taylor dressed up like Olaf from Frozen. Hmm. And came out and sang with Adina Menzel. We were all there for that. And that was amazing. Amazing. It was so good. And funny, too. I mean, just seeing Taylor in the Olaf costume. like <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely unexpected. I think we thought she would dress up because it was Halloween. We kind of knew something was going on. I did not expect it for the guest, though. Right. Even when she came out as Olaf, I wasn't in my head thinking, oh, I bet she's going to bring out Adina Menzel and sing Let It Go. I know. Can you believe that? Jeez. I still look back and I'm just in awe at that show. Yeah, that was a great one. Our next one comes from Mia who said her favorite memory was seeing Taylor in Austin with, and then she listed a bunch of things in all caps, and it included the tissue break, holy ground, the bad blood, and we are never mashup, and this is what you came for acoustic. Can we just say the entire show in Austin? Are we allowed to just say that? (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) I definitely loved all of these selections, though. Every single moment that Swifty for life included i agree with oh absolutely me too i mean the first time that taylor sang this is what you came for acoustic just at all period i mean what a shocker it was i remember you just were completely shocked having a meltdown (laughs) (laughs) oh my god and you know i'd be more surprised at the tissue break too if that was the first time it happened i also saw one on the red tour in nashville Yes, that was another good moment. I feel so bad for Taylor. She's always sick. Right, because she was also sick in Houston. Well, hey, either way, good picks. Well, our next one is from at divide underscore Swift, who tweeted, probably when she sang, should have said no acoustic, and I was shook. So I got to ask about this one. This must have been a rare secret song from the red tour is that right i'm not quite sure when this was but i do know that taylor performed should have said no as the secret song at metlife stadium during the red tour she had patrick stump as the guest and 
she also sang should have said no i was lucky enough to be there and it was incredible and it was such a surprise that's awesome i remember wishing i was at that show i can only imagine how incredible it actually was it was surprising i did not expect it at all but taylor has also sang should have said no at foxborough during the red tour and i think she also sang it during the 1989 tour when she was at levi stadium Oh, yeah, that's right. Now that you say that, I remember that. Cool, yeah, I do remember that very vaguely, too, out in California. I think it was the only time she did it on the 1989 tour, though. But it's nice that she still goes back to some songs from the debut album. I would love to hear that song again someday. I know. I hope she continues that for the next tour. Now, our next one comes from Sayo 16 on Twitter. Seeing Taylor at Gillette Stadium in the rain during the Speak Now tour. Now, I mean, just this one alone. I mean, all you had to say was Gillette, rain. That was it. I would know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that is a classic. Yeah, I think everybody would have loved to have been at that show. And we've actually talked about this particular show a lot lately. I don't know what it is, but oh my god, definitely will go down as definitely one of the top five moments of Taylor concert in history. Yeah, it definitely will. I think we've been talking about it so much because it recently was an anniversary. It was six years ago now. It's crazy. And our last one comes from Jules, who said, Flying halfway across the country to see her only show of 2016 with all of my friends that I met because of her. And that's a nice one. I think a lot of people did that in both 2016 Austin show and 2017 Houston show. Absolutely. It seems like for just the 1989 era in general, that type of uh, traveling, you know, as people get are getting older and are able to especially afford more shows, uh, at least in the United States, uh, that they're able to go out. And it's it's cool to see people we've met at other shows at, you know, uh, one near your hometown or maybe one that you're flying to that's their hometown or, or whatever. I think it's pretty cool. I think so too. And it does seem like as the fan base is getting older, we're becoming more mobile and just going anywhere. And it's really fun because you get to see new locations and meet new people. And like Nate said, meet up with friends. It's like a concertcation, like a vacation for concerts. Like a swiftcation? Right, a swiftcation. It kind of is. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, us as SwiftCast, we do travel to a lot of different shows, so hopefully we will end up seeing you guys, our listeners, uh, at even just one. That'd be awesome. Love to say hi, take a picture, you know. Fingers crossed for next summer. Thank you all for all those submissions. And like I said earlier, follow us on Twitter at SwiftCast13 and get involved in the discussion next time. We will be right back with our main discussion. So for our main discussion today, we are going to be talking about all of these different crazy stories that the media has come up with about Taylor. And I've got to say, these are bizarre. They're insane. I don't know who comes up with these things. <laughs> it is craziness. Well, as you guys will see, some of them are things that are stretched by the media um, that were a result of a certain event, but the media took it too far or something like that and others are 
just completely out of the blue that turned out to be completely false and made up. So you'll see what we mean. So to kick it off, we got inspired to do this for our main discussion because of the suitcase story, which I mentioned earlier, and you can hear more about also on episode 208, last week's episode. Um, but it's just so funny that a simple picture of some guys carrying a suitcase out of Taylor's apartment and putting it into a car or a truck results in this huge media explosion uh, about people that think she's inside of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did read something interesting, though. If you remember, Ed Sheeran did an interview where he said that when they were working on Everything Has Changed for the Red Album, Taylor had the final version transported in a locked, some not a suitcase, but some sort of case. Like a briefcase kind of thing? Right, right. And so people were speculating, well, hey, maybe Taylor's not in that suitcase, but maybe Album 6 is. <laughs> oh that's great i love that we're just grasping at straws at this point if i'm honestly being realistic what i think it was especially if two guys were carrying it i want to say it's audio equipment recording equipment studio equipment i mean i don't know but that's just what that size of case screams to me yeah probably when we talked with brian mansfield he mentioned that people like taylor can record anywhere they can have equipment and just use laptops and things like that. So you never know. So our next one comes from an OK Magazine headline. And the headline and the story was titled, Singer Taylor Swift has made a pregnancy announcement. So of course that is a headline that will jump off of the front cover of anything and become huge news. But OK Magazine completely twisted what the actual story was about. So what happened was Taylor helped two fans announce that one of the fans was pregnant. It was after a concert, I believe, and this guy and this girl um, were taking a photo with Taylor and Taylor held up a sign that said, Baby's First Concert. And it was that couple's way of announcing to their family and friends that she was pregnant. So OK Magazine ran with that headline and it got a lot of press and Taylor actually had to respond and she sent out a tweet that said, this misleading headline and your choice of words in labeling me are why we need feminism in 2015. I love this tweet. It was one of my favorites of, from her of all time. And I love the picture that she posted with that too, because not only did she tweet just that powerful statement, but it was also coupled with a picture of a killer whale popping its head out of the ocean saying, I came out of the ocean because you need to stop. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's also one of my favorite tweets of all time. Hashtag Sassy Taylor. Yes, Sassy Taylor is the best. And this was just so misleading. All you had to do was look at the photo, and it's clear that Taylor's helping fans to announce a pregnancy. I mean, talk about clickbait. Wow. I wonder how much right. <laughs> this actually generated. <laughs> It's a good point. Well, our next one is funny, too, because Taylor also poked fun at it. And it's about the story that said that Taylor's legs are insured for $40 million. I don't know where that even originated. <laughs> yeah, it came from somewhere, and it got a lot of press. Um, and Taylor, of course, never commented on it or anything. But then something funny happened. 
Meredith ended up scratching her leg and Taylor then sent out a tweet with a picture and said, great work, Meredith. I was just trying to love you and now you owe me $40 million. Oh, that was so great. That's definitely one of Taylor's best tweets. And I love this story, how it just like, seriously came out of nowhere. Where did this come from? Who thought of this craziness? Yeah, I'm not sure what the original source was, but I think that some publications just make things up. They know that if Taylor is involved, that people will click on it and read it or buy it. So they might as well just make things up. I mean, I guess. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh my gosh. It gets to this point where you have to wonder if you see these bizarre headlines, who actually clicks on these things? True. I mean, I suppose I did back in the day, to be fair, but... It, right, I was just going to say I probably did, to be honest. Well, our next one is a really funny one. And again, I don't know where this originated, but a lot of news sources were saying that Taylor just does not have a belly button. I mean, does she? <laughs> <laughs> well, she has actually shown her belly button since all of that happened, where publications were saying Taylor just does not have a belly button. She actually once in an interview explained why she doesn't like to show her belly button. She said, I don't like showing my belly button. When you start showing your belly button, then you're really committing to the midriff thing. (laughs) I only partially committed to the midriff thing. You're only seeing lower rib cage. I don't want people to know if I have one or not. And so this was way back in 2014 with Lucky Magazine when she did an interview. But then after all these crazy stories started, Taylor went on vacation with Haim and they were just enjoying themselves when they noticed all of these paparazzis trying to take photos of her. So she decided to not let them win pretty much. She actually explained it, and she said, My security gets out binoculars and sees the paparazzi on the boat have huge long-lens cameras, at which point we go back to the beach and we realize, okay, so they got pictures of us in our bikinis. I don't want them to make like $100,000 for stalking us. So what they decided to do was just take photos on their own, good quality photos, and posted them on Instagram. So. Ah. That was the first time Taylor was shown with her belly button. I love that story so much because she just showed those paparazzi. You know what? If you got pictures, I'm going to beat you to the punch and post our own. Heck yeah. It was really smart. I love that story too. And since then, Taylor has taken photos with fans with her showing off her belly button. Just like I remember seeing this really funny photo where she's showing it in a loft 89 after a show oh i remember that photo yeah that thing went viral yeah so she does have a belly button contrary to what tabloids used to think do you guys remember that tv show from i don't know it's it's had to be six eight years ago now i mean i could be wrong on that even but uh where the kid was an alien and he didn't have a belly button do you guys remember what that show was oh yeah wasn't it something like kyle xy Yes, that's it. Absolutely. I think we need to dub this story Taylor XY. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) 
So our next crazy news story is kind of a just a conglomerate. We're going to kind of group them all together. Uh, basically, all of the stories about how Taylor and her friends are constantly fighting and feuding and, you know, uh, all kinds of things. Specifically, the first one is about Selena, which I find really funny because there's this quote from In Touch magazine that came out with this story, and I just find it really funny. Uh, they're quoted as saying, Former flame Justin Bieber supposedly tried reaching out to Selena, and, it seems, Taylor wasn't too happy about it. Taylor was livid and wrote a letter to Selena telling her their friendship is over. Selena went from sad to angry very fast. And Gomez supposedly plans to expose Taylor in a tell-all book. Hmm. And the supposed snitch alleges she has some awful stories about how Taylor treats people. Taylor's a mean girl. That is so funny. Like, who writes Who writes that? You got to get pretty creative for some of these things. I have found over the years that In Touch and OK Magazine are notorious for having just false headlines and stories. And it seems like our main discussion here is proving that because we've already mentioned both of them. <laughs> In short, do not go to either of those for any of your news. Well, another one that we're going to talk about is, this seems to happen a lot, I'm not really sure, but between Taylor and Lord, there's always something about how they're fighting or something's going on with them. Anyway, this one specifically was back in 2015, how this uh, headline came out that they were fighting, and Taylor ended up tweeting, which I found really funny. Uh, This was in April of 2015. Taylor tweeted, Media, when you say Lord and Taylor are fighting, by fighting, do you mean... FaceTiming constantly from the U.S. to New Zealand and lolling at you? Thanks. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Again, the sassy Taylor. Love it. And this was another recent thing with Lord and Taylor supposedly not being friends anymore. Taylor's been so absent from social media, though, she didn't address it. But Lord did make a tweet explaining her quote was taken out of context in an interview and I think they just like to, kind of like Taylor has said in the past, pit women against each other and try to make these big fights when there's really nothing there. What kind of blows my mind is how we can't even get a picture of Taylor out in public. How do these people even, I mean, how do they think it's passable to put out a headline that says that they know what her interpersonal relationships are like? Can't even get a picture. Like, oh my gosh. (laughs) That's definitely true. I think they just know people will click on them, so they just publish them. Exactly, yeah. They want the clicks. Well, our next one is really funny, and I'm going to have to ask Steph about this one. This is an article from Seventeen magazine from 2014 that said, Taylor only carries empty purses. So the background on this is that she carries these purses on her forearm and that if there was anything in them, like other than lipstick, the article says, they would be way too heavy for her to carry like she does. So that's why I wanted to ask you, Steph, can you carry a bag on your forearm like that or would it be too heavy? Oh, yeah, you definitely can. You definitely can? Okay, so this article was definitely reaching. Yeah, in fact, so many tabloids have poked fun at how taylor holds her handbag that now i usually just do it intentionally just because it's funny (laughs) and just to just to see what it's like to pretend to be taylor holding your bag the way she does and it's definitely possible 
And in our throwback tweets, we talked about how Taylor said she had so much stuff in her purse that she doesn't understand why she carries it all. So this story was always funny to me just because, again, they just make these things up. Nobody knows what she has in her purse. And who cares if she only has her phone and a tube of lipstick in there? I remember reading an article that kind of countered this whole tabloid story that said basically that, you know, Taylor may, let's say, carry around these empty purses, these, you know, like you said, you know, her lipstick or cell phone, things like that. But you can clearly see, because her bodyguards are always with her, that her bodyguards are also carrying extremely heavy bags. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, they do. Well, anyway, empty purses aside, there are a few things out there even stranger than that. Uh, This next one is kind of bizarre and slightly terrifying. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The headline, basically, was that Taylor has an evil twin who lives in Japan. Hmm. (laughs) And the rationale for that, yeah, a little, I don't know. Anyway, the rationale for that, which is actually somewhat compelling, surprisingly, uh, is that there was this unearthed old Japanese commercial from McDonald's uh, that somebody found on YouTube somewhere. And it features this model in a red wig who looks almost identical to Taylor. And if you watch this video... She, she actually does. It's it's a little uncanny. Uh, but anyway, they thought that that was proof that Taylor has this evil twin uh, over in Japan and that they share a burger gene. So I thought that was a little insane. And they further go to say that the proof that they have uh, was just basically from Taylor's tweet. I don't know if you guys remember this one or not, where Taylor tweeted, eating cheeseburgers, scribbling on guitars, and writing songs with Ed Sheeran. So they took eating cheeseburgers to mean McDonald's cheeseburgers. So anyway. That is funny. And I have not heard about this one before, actually. So after this recording, I'm going to have to go and look up this YouTube video. And I bet a lot of our listeners will, too. I mean, literally, just Google Japanese commercial McDonald's Taylor Swift. It should come right up. Yep. I do have to agree with you, Dane, though. They do look alike. I mean, don't they, though? I don't know. They do. But I think it's just a made-up story. There are lots of people out there who resemble Taylor. Maybe Taylor's just really into McDonald's and really into their advertising, but doesn't want to do it in the United States. So she flies to Japan to do it. (laughs) From what I remember, the commercial was really old, right? Yeah, I'm not even sure when it was from, but... And the person looked like today they would be much older than Taylor. Because in the commercial, they look to be older than Taylor would have been at that time. I like to think that the evil twin's name might be Becky. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That would be actually really great. Well, our last one is related to Taylor's dating life. And magazines and tabloids always make all kinds of crazy stories up about Taylor and whom she dates. But these ones were especially outrageous, and Taylor actually responded to them. So that's why we thought it would be fun to include them. The first one was a story that Taylor was buying a Scottish castle. This was when she was dating Calvin Harris, and so tabloids were running with that and saying she wanted to be closer to Calvin, so she was buying this Scottish castle. And it was similar to other stories in the past where tabloids would say Taylor's buying a house to be close to this person or that person or um, even though she's only been dating 
this person for a few weeks. She's buying a house and just kind of portrayed her to be something she's not, which Taylor was fortunate enough to use that to make songs like Blank Space. But for this one, Taylor responded on August 11th of 2015. And she tweeted, Because baby, I could build a castle out of all the bricks they threw at me. A line from New Romantics. But I'm not actually buying a castle. Sassy Taylor again, <laughs> like we've seen earlier. Taylor strikes again. It's so true, though. I mean, who comes up with these things? Uh, you know, we have seen Taylor, like, in the love story video. And, you know, she's had a lot of castle themes. But to actually buy one, I mean, I think that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, it definitely is. And Taylor owns a lot of properties, but she does not have any castles. How much does a castle even cost? I don't even know. Gotta be a lot. (laughs) And then she had another sassy tweet uh, the next month in September, didn't she, Steph? Yes, and this one was also related to castles. There were a bunch of news articles going around that Taylor was planning to marry Calvin in a Scottish castle. And there were also rumors that she was buying a new house in Beverly Hills. So Taylor tweeted on September 30th of 2015, what the press says I'm doing, buying a Beverly Hills mansion, getting married in an English castle, what I'm doing, playing a show in St. Louis. (laughs) That's great. Well, I don't know about you guys, but what I learned today is that Taylor is an evil, Japanese, belly-buttonless, castle-living, pregnant twin who carries empty purses, fights with all of her friends, and insures her legs for $40 million. Hmm. (laughs) Yep, that sounds like Taylor. (laughs) Taylor, how could I have been so wrong? Good summary. Yeah, I guess we just didn't really know what we were getting into when we became fans of hers. So it remains to be seen what the next crazy headline will be, but... I'm sure it will be sooner rather than later. I'm honestly a little excited for it. Is that weird? No, because it'll be so crazy that we'll just laugh at it. So (laughs) it'll be fun. I look forward to it too. And Taylor can use these things for inspiration for new songs. Definitely. Definitely. Well, we really enjoyed talking about those funny stories. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to them. Just a couple of reminders before we go. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes and it will download the latest episode for you automatically. Also, we'd love it if you left us a review and a five-star rating. You can reach us on a number of different social media platforms at SwiftCast13. That would be Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook. You can email us SwiftCast13Show at gmail.com. And, of course, you can visit our website, which is swiftcast13.com. For now, signing off on episode 209, this is Adam. Steph. And Nate. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Thank you. Later. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.